Lifetime, the official athletic country club of the Minnesota Vikings, has something for every member of your family. Get your family going today at lifetime.life forward slash kids. The insanity of the fact that uh, don't ever tell me the odds. We were 99% probability to lose that game. There hasn't really been a comfortable win since week one. And so I'm wondering, Ben, do you think that there could be one in the foreseeable future? Well, wouldn't it be great if it was done at Lambeau Field in about two weeks? You're listening to the NFC North champion Minnesota Vikings podcast. I'm Tatum Everett alongside Gabe Henderson, Jay Nelson, and our producer, Eric Davidson. I don't know if you guys are still in belief, in disbelief. I mean, I I feel like I'm in disbelief because the Vikings pulled off literally the impossible on Saturday, making the largest comeback in NFL history to beat the Colts on a walk-off overtime field goal, clinch the division, and that means playoff football, guys. I'm pumped about that. Yeah, I've never experienced it personally. So even in Washington, is, no. <laughs> is that a <laughs> joke? I feel like kind that, of. I, I mean, I, it, it is a joke, but then I also was like, well, maybe he hasn't or has. No. So 2018 Washington, we were six and three leading the NFC East. And then Alex Smith broke his, broke his leg. We lose six out of our last seven missed the playoffs. So 2020 brutal 20. Yeah, exactly. Um, so this, it, it's weird. Like um, I was talking to some of my boys about it and it's just like, bro, like this is, like, this is like next level football. Like, you're excited? I'm like, I just want to get through these next three games. But <laughs> this Minnesota Vikings team deserves it more than anybody. Kevin O'Connell, Quasey. Uh, I just remember Greg Joseph pulling Quasey off to the side in the locker room post game and was like, hey, that field goal was for you. Like, you deserve this in your first year, what you've done for this organization. You deserve it. And Quasey being Quasey was saying, you know, it's about you guys. But the fact that everyone is doing it for the person beside him and the person in front of him and whatever you want to call it. It's so exciting to see. And to do it in the fashion that we did it, you can't, you can't make it up. Total team effort, right? I mean, it I mean literally, Jay, you're the, you're the lifelong Vikings fan. Yeah. That must have been an incredible game. Literally, the, the, the one thing I was uh, texting to everybody after that happened with everyone saying, how in the heck did we get to this point? Never a doubt. And the reason I said never a doubt is purely because is there any other way that this team would clinch a division title than being down <laughs> 33 points and pulling off an epic comeback? Like, that is what this team is at this point. Yeah. It it the insanity of the fact that uh, don't ever tell me the odds. You know that's the Han Solo bit. It's just like don't ever tell me the odds. We were 99 yeah. percent probability to lose that game. And I literally took a screenshot of it when it was 33 rip at halftime. I took a screenshot of the ESPN probability saying, when this thing flips, it will be incredible. And Eric can attest to this because I was giving the odds as the game was going on saying, oh, they're up to 99. Oh, it's back down to 96, 95. And as everything was flipping at the end when we tied the game Mm -hmm. and the probability sank all the way back down to 50-50 for halftime, I just showed those guys and said, if this was the stock market, there'd be people jumping off a balcony because of how insane just to see the topsy-turvy nature of it. And to be honest with you, I think it was also right along there with everyone's uh, heart rates at that moment and blood (laughs) pressure because to think about what we really witnessed is incredible. Five different touchdowns, five different players, you know, Greg Joseph hitting the walk-off in OT. And I think the craziest part for me was – how did Indy let that happen? 
because the thing that was the biggest enemy for this team in the second half was the clock, and they did so many things wrong. They were throwing passes, incomplete passes, running out of bounds, stopping the clock over and over again that just kept giving us chances. It. it was unbelievable. I, and, and you know, we were down two touchdowns. I think they burned like 53 seconds off a clock in a three and out. And, and you're just sitting there saying, thank you. Thank you yeah. for this gift because just you, you're keeping us in this game and the fact that they took advantage of every opportunity they had was just incredible. I would like to say that I had the faith, but retrospectively, I, I was definitely doubtful. And I should have remembered one thing, Matt Ryan. Yeah. It's yeah. not on Matt Ryan, but I do love a good, anytime I can, you know, talk smack about the Falcons and yeah. Matt Ryan. I mean, all I could think about was 28 to, to three. Yeah. He does it to himself. I mean, he might be a part of the two. He's part of the largest comeback in NFL history. Yeah. Yes. And he's a part of the largest comeback in Super Bowl history. Yes. And that's. Sad. He's been on the, the both bad end. Yeah. It, I mean, sad like I'm crying. Cry. I'm not like I'm not saying sad like as an insult. I'm saying like that's actually very sad. Yeah, I, I feel for him. Um, I know because he's a nice guy, good dude. Yeah. Seems like a nice person. And I mean, he he's more than deserving of winning a Super Bowl with everything he's been through. Super like he should have won that Super yeah. Bowl again. You yeah. know, that's I know that's what you're talking about, but. I just <laughs> I just remember watching um, I was watching TV Sunday morning and I think it was Fox nine and they were like, yeah, you know, we're excited about this Vikings win. But I can only imagine what the Fox affiliate in Indianapolis is like right now. Yeah, and they're sure. probably just ripping Matt Ryan. But it, there's it, plenty of stuff for them to talk about. I mean, they had their, I mean, they had a drive that went 56 seconds. Their next one, they fumbled. Then the next one, they went 24 seconds. And then their last drive of the game went a minute. So that's, that's four drives in less than three minutes right there that yeah. you just say, yeah. well, that's where you start. So I mean, that kind of looked like us in the first half, though. That The, yeah, it was you know, the time of possession was very skewed in both of them. But I don't know if you guys saw Matt Ryan's wife tweeted out on Sunday, which I thought was hilarious. She was like, man, what a World Cup final against Argentina <laughs> and France. It almost is so good. It makes you forget about another comeback on Saturday. That is correct. And I was like, at least she's being funny about it. <laughs> Self-awareness yeah. is key. It is. It Self-awareness is. is Oh, key. I know what I wanted to ask you, Gabe, when you brought up Quasi. Yeah. Did you guys co- coordinate outfits on, no. on Saturday? So uh, <laughs> so uh, we, I wore a burgundy suit. Um, with a black with a black, turtleneck. black turtleneck. And then I saw Quasi, and I was just like, Dude, you you should at least call me before you did it. Uh, we were supposed to take a picture, but we didn't. But it was uh, it was hilarious. Because I saw him in the locker room afterwards, and I was like, "Oh, that's not Gabe." Yeah. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> said, "I was like, I'm not that tall." That like, that was also what gave it uh, away too. No offense. But no, you're you're fine. I'll, I'll take five ten and five eleven any day of the week. Quasi uh, <laughs> though, like when I remember when I saw him, and I was just like, "Dude." Who plans to wear a burgundy suit the on a Saturday game? Neck. On a Saturday, like right? I, 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 like what are what are the odds? So, um, maybe next, maybe this week we you just might, continue. Yeah, continue maybe you need to coordinate. Game. We need to figure out what he's wearing to the whiteout. We talked with Ben Lieber yeah. about this in a little bit. He's on the podcast this week, and I'm sorry I keep talking about clothes so much. I'm sure the fans love <laughs> no, it. If you like between the lines, Ben and I talked about white outfits for about two minutes. Yeah. So yeah. Um, we're we're still trying to figure that Cause, out because we're gonna we pose the question to Ben like, what do you wear? For sure. Men can't, I mean, there's not very many like white, bo- the only thing I can think of is like painter's jeans. Like, you know how when people sure. like paint, yeah, they painter's wear the, pants. Yeah. painter's pants, that's yeah. it. And so like, I don't think that this like stadium should show up in painter's pants, but uh, I'm cool with like just a white top, right? Like you could just, cause no one's going to see your pants when you're like in the stadium. I think the, the, the best part about it is that you're braving wearing all white during <laughs> Dirty slushy. Oh my gosh. Uh, That's cool. also some. Yeah, that was but, not good. But for me, I think I, I, just Uber. I, I think it, <laughs> I mean, you're going to get the smattering of, 
different colors within the the building, no matter what, especially you know from Giants fans and everything. But I think it is a, it's a cool idea, and it just helps really fan base wise show the whole support and how much we're all together coming together to support this team in the final home game of the year. So it'll be great. I think it's also pretty fitting because I feel like diamonds and that like ice, the ice factor is kind of like something that this team has really embraced this year as far as like their own personal looks. Like you've got Kirko chains, JJ's grills, CD's big spin and chain, which you got to see up close and personal in the winter whiteout hype video. If you haven't seen that on Vikings.com or any of the social media apps, you definitely need to watch it. So cool. It's Honestly, I watch it just because I want to watch Christian Derrissaw's chain spin. I just think it looks so beautiful. I just – that too. It's so detailed. I, I just like white jerseys. Like that whenever too. the Vikings were all white, it's just like, man, this is really cool. And Are think, they doing white helmets? No. Uh, no. Um, no, they're not. <laughs> they're not doing white helmets. Um, but I, the, the all white, just the icy look, looks, good. like it, it – whoever – whenever they wear – I think we wore it again. The last time we wore it was against the Eagles. Oh boy, um, <laughs> so it, it's cool. Let me. I'm gonna stop. Stop right there. It's it's cool to see the guys in all white, and um, the fact that we're doing it at home, like it, it will be cool. The, the end zones would be painted white. Like I'm, I'm excited just to see what it's gonna look like. Jay, I know you you'll be at the stadium this week a little bit, so for you'll, sure you'll get the the inside scoop. Yeah, we're looking to see. You know, I've I've heard and and seen some things, but to actually physically see it at the stadium is gonna be the fun part, just to see everything that they're doing. Um, I will say this as a former big guy playing on the line and everything, white is not your friend. Um, but it will be something that just in general, seeing the team wearing their all whites out there and just with everything that we've got planned for that game, there's a lot of really, really cool, fun stuff. So if you are uh, lucky enough to be at the game here coming up on Saturday, I think it's going to be a really fun visual treat for everybody. It really has been a season of memories, right? There's been such big moments. I feel like the game presentation has been amazing if you made it out to a game this year. I feel like everything's been so unique. Every experience has been really different. And and uh, I wanted to ask this question before we get into some more like NFL league talk, playoff talk. But I think it's safe to say that the Vikings own the two best regular season games of the year so far in the NFL. Maybe of the decade. Um, <laughs> yeah, the the Bills game. I, I honestly didn't think it would get any any better than that. I was like, I mean, those those games come come once in a lifetime, right? Yeah. So I was like, okay, you know, we th- we were a part of this moment, and then Sunday's game. Uh, I think I used the quote, "Hold my beer," and it's just like, dude, this is <laughs> like, I didn't think it could get any better than this. Yeah. But that thirty three to zero, like to 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 come back from that, like similar to you, Tatum, like. It, I had a weird like confidence throughout the entire I was, time. Like I, I, I kind of gave up, not not like in a bad way. Obviously, I'm not playing, yeah. so like I I kind of was like yeah. logically, I was like, it's okay, like it is what it is. Like nothing was going the right way. Yeah, but like I don't I don't know. Like I I, I we just had yeah. like this energy. I remember when we went to the locker room, we we held them right before the half, and I was like, well, we get the ball to start off. But granted, we did go three yeah, and that out. That was not good. <laughs> but still, like I just had this weird confidence. I just knew we have to score one time because our 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 defense was actually stopping them. Like they had only scored one touchdown the entire game, which still was true. They only scored one one offensive touchdown, but it, it was different. That's mind-boggling. Yeah, yeah. It, it just showed you how big of a comedy of errors that first half was. Yeah. I mean, everything that did and could go wrong happened. I, I just, I think that when you look at it, there was the, the special teams mess-ups just coverage-wise, even on the opening kickoff. Um, giving up a big return. You had the the blocked punt. You had the 
pick six. I mean, there was just a, a comedy of errors. And I literally text my friend because I had a friend who was at the game. That was his very first Vikings game he's ever been to. And I text him at halftime. I'm like, I have never seen this and to the point of where it felt like just how ridiculously wrong everything could go. I've seen blowout games. I mean, we saw the 40 to three game. This did not feel like that in that first half. It didn't feel like offensively they were dominating us. It just felt like literally everything that could go wrong did. And then just to have it completely flip uh, in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And the thing is, I will say this to the fans who stuck around after halftime, kudos to you for yeah. one, being able to see that. And two, you know, having the fortitude to feel like this team is the entire season has just been one big bonkers show. And I think uh, you, you saw the cherry on top so far of the season. And, um, you know, the, I think the, the, the whole point is, you cannot count this team out at this point, no matter what happens within a game. Because, I mean, legitimately, you were down, I think it was four touchdowns with it's impossible. three minutes left yeah. in the third yes. quarter. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not I'm not going to call anybody out, but uh, I had someone close to close to my family get tickets. They had uh, they got to the game like mid second quarter and they were like, ah, well, this game's bad. They and got to the game. They mid got to the quarter? game mid second quarter and they're like, oh, my gosh, it's 26 to zero. So they stayed up until like middle of the third, and then the, right before the Vikings scored their first touchdown, and they left. Oh, so <laughs> oh. they texted me after the game. It was just like, hold on, what just happened? <laughs> you missed it. What you happened? Missed it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They, uh, I, I, yeah, I saw fans walking on the pedestrian bridge mid second quarter, crazy. walking out, and I was, I thought afterwards, I thought about them. I was like, I see you, and you just missed that. Yeah, this this will be that game where everyone's like, oh yeah, I was there, and then. But the follow up question is, till what point? Yeah, I will <laughs> yeah, say, I, I, I've done though. I've done that once before as a fan. I left I left early for an LSU Auburn game where LSU was just down, and it was like ninety seven degrees. Yeah, and I was in the sun, and I was like hot, and it was just Deuces. like yeah, I right. was like I'm not watching them continue. And then they came back and won, and I was like, ah, oh, damn. <laughs> I've played in a game like that in college. We were playing uh, Coastal, and. Uh, <laughs> Coastal Carolina. Yeah. We were up by 21 in the fourth quarter. We were playing oh, you at were home. on the bad end. Yeah, yeah we, were, we were up 21-0. Oh, no. Everybody left to do what kids do at Liberty. Yes. And at every the, college. At a, <laughs> this is, yes, at every college. Um, <laughs> and they came back and beat us in triple overtime. Oh, and we had no God. energy. It was like, if, yeah. if there were 40,000 people there, it was probably 15 by the time the Get game was out. It was crazy. Crazy. So, so you hate to be a part of it. So here's a quick question. Did anyone see the small clip of the overtime uh, coin flip with CJ Ham yes. standing there? <laughs> no. Oh, it's epic. So they basically show the ref and then they swing to the right to show CJ. And CJ gives this kind of eyebrow raise and a little smirk and a nod to the other guy. And they pan back over and he's got this look of what just happened. <laughs> and this is the CJ going, Oh, we got you. Yeah. This, oh, yeah. this is that moment. And he's also like the coin, the overtime coin toss master. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. At this point, it's just, yeah. It's, it's, it's isn't like superstition at it's this incredible. point. Isn't it superstition? Oh, yeah. You like have you just, to. Yeah. yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. For sure. For sure. Yeah. No, it was truly incredible. I hope that uh, anyone that did stay, you were obviously very well rewarded. Um, this obviously clinches a playoff berth. So, you know, we're good to go with that in the division. There were um, several very interesting games, I think, on Sunday. We had the pleasure of sitting at home and watching them, which was nice. Um, how about the Lions, though? I thought that was a really interesting one. They finally won with a game-winning field goal instead of being on the, on the opposite end, beating the Jets. 
that making is a, things interesting. Yeah, that is a team that is that is completely rolling right now. They were one and six, and then they've been six and one since. And the only loss was to Buffalo. Yep. So that is a team who who is buying all in, who has figured it out, and they are now having to to literally claw their way into the playoffs currently. And I think that that Green Bay Detroit game week 18 is going to be incredibly will, important for, for them sure. because the one thing that is that is a saving grace currently for Washington as the seven seed is that tie because it's not a loss. Yeah. So because they have the tie and it's not a loss, that is why they're not getting leapfrogged right now. So that is the benefit when it comes to that. The detriment is you don't have that extra win on the top end, but still it gives you that like half game buffer that you do not have a loss. And I think Detroit, you know, there is no reason why in Detroit's eyes right now that they do not feel like they can get there. They just they have to. They got to win out, right? That's the thing. They have to, well, they have to continue doing what they're doing. And and I think at this point for them, why don't you believe? They have to believe that they can make this happen. And I think Detroit is is the the sneaky team that's going to try and slide there and into the seven. And if they do, they they could be a a uh, bracket buster. It's going to be crazy. I think it's quite interesting that before this season started. Um, I don't think anybody would have been like, oh, Vikings win the division, Lions could make the playoffs. Or like if they, nah. you know, you know, I think that's it's kind of it's a it's a neat little thing going I mean, on there. I mean, I just think about the NFC North like seven weeks ago and everybody was like the NFC North is the worst division in all of football. That's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Packers were losing. We were winning, but we were winning by, you know, one point, which we still are or three points. And, and to see how the tides have turned like this Detroit Lions team has figured it out. Um, they know how to win. They're not going to. They're not the most talented team, but they're a well-coached team, and they they play to their strengths. And um, when you have a team that's doing that, you're, you're going to be tough to beat because hey, we we know what we're going to put out in the field, and we're not going to make mistakes doing it. Can you beat that? If you can't, so be it. And that's what the Lions are doing right now. So uh, that was a really good game, but that Jets team, man, they are struggling. So are the the New England Patriots. Like that was a crazy game too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that Patriots uh, Raiders game. Yeah, that ending. Yeah, uh, insane. I was insane. I know. I uh, jo- my fiance was like looking at the the score, and I texted. I was like, "Did you see it though?" And he's like, "Not yet." I was like, "You have to go watch it." Yeah. He goes, "I thought it was just like some kind of like last minute thing," and I was like, "No, like you have to go watch it." He doesn't need to do that. No, can you just not. fall down and go to overtime? That was the thing. That that is oh. that is logically what you're supposed to, to do. But that's the thing is, is when you you try too much. Yeah. You know, don't play hero ball. Play team ball. Yeah. And and that is like a perfect a perfect example of if you try too hard, sometimes you're, you're literally just going to completely fall on your face. And Man, that was that was rough. The Raiders made the most of that moment. Like oh for sure. Two hours after the game, their uh, social media squad was like, "Hey, guess who was mic'd up today?" And it was Chandler, Chandler, Jones. Chandler Jones. Yeah. And it was like, it's like a five second clip of him catching the pass and him running it to the end zone. Oh my God. It was like the, the most epic promo I've ever seen. Look at that. And he's the former Patriot. <laughs> he was <laughs> the former right. Patriot star. And to do that against the Patriots had oh, to feel Bill Belichick incredible. was probably like, his yeah. blood pressure was through the roof. And, you know, he hates losing to former coaches. Oh, and, that's true. Yeah, and so just all of it on top of it. This Yikes, is this, you man. Know, Bill is completely in in uh, just terrible, terrible territory this season. Yeah, I can't imagine him handling this well. Do you think? Do you think he is. like like what what? It, I'm not gonna say he retires after this year, but like that's got to be in the imminent future, right? What I want to say, I'm not going to say, but he is not retiring anytime soon. He's he's stubborn enough that he will yeah. he'll go out kicking and screaming like he's going to be the kind of coach like he he doesn't want to have to leave 
on a sour note. He doesn't want yeah. that to be his legacy. Yeah, but there's only one th- way to not leave on a sour note. And I don't know if like that team is built to win a Super Bowl in the next but you're, four you're, years. But you're not going to fire Bill Belichick. No. Oh, I don't think they fire right. him. But he, he I mean him walk walking away. away. And I just feel like No, I him, don't think they're going to fire him. For him to walk away, it would have to be just either everything is completely torched in that franchise. Yeah. Or he at least makes a playoff run and is just like, you know what? I've got the rings. I've got the history. Does he take another job? Look, no. I, I look, I, the impossible has happened. I'm just having a, we're just talking here. Well, what I want to say about what I wanted before. to say was the only way Bill Belichick leaves the Patriots is if it's a health condition. That's the only way. He loves football. It's kind of like Nick Saban. Like Nick Saban, the only way he leaves is if he's forced out because of like something that he can't yeah, control. But he's still internally. winning championships. Well, he, not this year. He's yeah, going to be yeah, like he's going to be Thank like God. Parcells. <laughs> he's going to be like Parcells, where Parcells was yeah. he was that football guy. And even when you know we, we talked to him at the Pro Football Hall of Fame when when we had players going in and Zim was there and stuff like that, and we went and did an interview with him to talk about Zim, and he's just. At that point, he was happy to be a casual football person. Like, he still paid attention. But he did not miss the rat race of what it meant to be a coach. And I think the one thing for Bill as well, the fact that he's not only coach but essentially GM as well for the Patriots, I do not think most teams at this point will give that kind of control to a guy. Mm -hmm. He's still old school enough that he's not going to get that kind of control. And I think for him, Kraft is going to let him go as long as he wants to. And when he finally has had enough, that's when he walks away. I've got an idea. What if he takes over as the Titans general manager, play coaches alongside Mike Vrabel as the defensive coordinator? And because Shane Bowen will probably go and get a job somewhere else after, well, maybe not after this year. But wow. I'm just, guys, I am totally going unicorn mode. I don't know what I'm talking about. That's a great idea. Wouldn't that be crazy? It is, but again, Vrabel. I know he will. I'm just saying, like, he. Vrabel wouldn't want to release the relinquish control. I know that firsthand. Well, anyway, we're going to get to our 3M play of the week before we get to our guest, Ben Lieber, from the field to the roof and everywhere in between 3M, the official science partner of the Minnesota Vikings. Visit vikings.com backslash skull science to learn more. And I I struggled with this one. It truly was hard to narrow down because there were so many plays to choose from. But I am going to go with the game winning overtime field goal. Greg Joseph's 48 yarder made the most epic comeback complete. 40-yard try, right hash. Greg Joseph with Andrew DePaula snapping, Ryan Wright holding. Snap spot. Joseph, right-footed kick. It is good! And the Minnesota Vikings have completed the greatest comeback in the history of the National Football League. From 33 down, they beat the Indianapolis Colts 39-36. Special teams in the second half also playing a huge part in this come-from-behind win. Ryan Wright's punting. I mean, I know that we say this every week, like, oh, man, he's just so good. But he just continues to be such an MVP of the special teams. He had that 64-yarder there at the end of the fourth quarter that pinned the Colts at the two. Should have been one-yard line. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, there, I mean, don't get me started on the ref. Shades of Buffalo were happening at that point, too. But the fact, back to your main point, because I'm, I'm starting to think about You don't want to get fined. Yeah, I don't want to get, get fined. Um, the fact that Greg Joseph, you know, is starting to become more automatic. I don't, I don't think he's missed a field. He's made like nine of his last field goals. Well, he's making his extra points, which I know and he struggled with a little bit. Very true. Yeah. And um, I, I feel like every time Greg gets up to go kick, everybody holds their breath and it's like, okay. like Especially in that moment. Exactly. But at the same time, the fact that Greg is building his confidence and like we're building our confidence back in Greg with him, um, it, it's been a sight to see. And the fact that he was able to walk off in that type of fashion, um, I'm, I'm happy for the guy. I know he started it by um, Greg, you know, me being in the locker room and hearing, overhearing Greg tell Quasey he's happy for him. But the fact that Quasey was like, you know, I'm happy for you. And, you know, we, we all left the game talking about Greg Joseph. I think that that really says a lot about, you know, him flushing and fixing and um, forgetting what happened that last kick. So special teams wasn't the greatest on, on Saturday. Um, I, I believe the average drive start for the Indianapolis Colts was like the 46-yard line. That was in the first half. And it's like, I mean, if you only got 54 yards to go every time you're on offense, like you, you should score every time. Uh, kudos to our defense for not letting that happen. But special teams, the fact that they fixed it in the second half, uh, that was very encouraging to see. And uh, no more, no one more deserving than the 3M play of the week uh, than Greg Joseph and our special teams team. If you watch the sidelines at all, if you're at a game. Special teams team. Ryan Wright. <laughs> Ryan Wright's one of the most emotional, like yeah. pump up kind of guys on the sidelines. He's always like trying to make the crowd go quiet when the offense is on. He's pumping his fists and clapping and getting into it. And I just love watching a punter with like that. Because a lot of the special teams guys, they're, you know, like Greg's very quiet. Yeah. He's focused. You will not know what Mundane. he's thinking, what he's feeling. And Eddie, he's all just one note. But Ryan Wright is like an he's emotional. Opposite, yes. Yeah. It's, it's kind of fun to watch. Yeah. Ryan is, um, and, and it makes sense. Because, I mean, the fact that he's had no touchback this year, that, yeah. I would get fired up about that, too. But yeah. when when you see Ryan just walking in the hallways here, it's just like, man, does that guy even say a word? And then you start talking to him, and it's like, oh, oh, wow. Then you see him, it's like, oh, oh, wow. Um, I don't know who has more energy on the sideline, uh, Ryan Wright or Kevin O'Connell. Like, KO effort touchdowns is just, like, I, I love it. I mean, I think two weeks ago he was mic'd up, and he just, let's go! And it's like, oh, wow. Like this, this guy loves his job. So that's funny, man. Ryan is the guy. I'm not going to say that there's a comparison to this, but I would like to point out that the World Cup started on November 20th. Yep. Okay. Greg Joseph has not missed a field goal well, since pre-World Cup, but you know, he's a soccer guy. Yeah. He's only missed one extra point. No field goal since the World Cup started. Hey, that the World Cup. Uh, I'm just saying the, the mojo. The mojo must be. I real. mean, he posted on his stories yesterday. He was watching the World Cup yeah. final from the facility. You could tell it oh, was wow. like the TVs in the locker room. Good for him. Yeah, I'm sure players were in here uh, on Sunday just getting treatment. But for sure, good. Good for yeah, him. Exactly. Like that, that was a crazy game. That was a crazy game. And we're gonna have a crazy conversation with our special guests on the podcast coming up now. Joining us now on the Minnesota Vikings podcast is Vikings radio sideline reporter and also one of the co-hosts of Twin Cities Live, Ben Lieber. Ben, thanks for fitting us in. I know you uh, are a busy man on Mondays. (laughs) 
Oh, well, thanks, guys. Anything for you guys. It's not it's not too busy. A little morning radio, a little uh, Twin Cities live call, um, just our morning call. And then uh, I'm free, really, for a couple hours. And then um, things kind of ramp back up in the afternoon. But I'm excited to talk to you guys after his, uh, a historic win. Yeah, we're just warming those vocals up for, uh, I guess, another early week this Saturday. But, yeah, it's historic win, to say the least. Um, I have forgot it was uh, game number 1,000. So, that that's how that, that's as good as it gets for you know a, a memorable moment for franchise history. You know, w- would you guys have rather had the 1,000th game be a 36 to 10 blowout of the Colts or an epic comeback, a historical comeback? I don't know, guys. I mean, well, for my blood pressure way. and all that stuff, I, I think I I think I would have rather had just a really really comfortable win for the 1,000th game, but uh, we'll take it any way we can get it. There hasn't really been a comfortable win since week one. And so I'm wondering, Ben, do you think that there could be one in the foreseeable future here as we round out the regular season? Well, wouldn't it be great if it was done at Lambeau Field in about two weeks? (laughs) So the only comfortable wins this week would be the or this year would be the Packers. That'd be rich, huh? Yeah. Wouldn't that just be awesome for all the Vikings (laughs) fans that our our two most comfortable wins is the is week one against the Pack and then at their own place at Lambeau Field, which I'm going to guess is going to feel like a like it does this whole week. It's gonna it's gonna be frigid cold in their elements. And uh, wouldn't that be awesome if we had like a three touchdown victory? Um, Oh my god! What is that? Look, I'm I'm hoping that. I'm hoping that we can dispel a lot of a lot of doubt if we do it against the Giants this weekend. On you know they're they're a playoff team as of right now. So uh, with a, with another strong defensive front. So if we can do it against that that team, that'd feel a lot better. Speaking of the Giants, I feel like um, the fact that we had a Saturday game, uh, we were able to watch some of those Sunday games at least for myself. And and last night's game was something where I was able to get ahead on my notes, right? Sunday night football, everybody's watching. When, when you turned that game on last night, what were some glaring things uh, that caught your eye that this Minnesota Vikings team should, you know, definitely game plan for? Well, obviously, Kayvon Thibodeau, um, <laughs> you know, he's he's an absolute force off the edge. But, you know, here's, here's the thing about our team and is, at least offensively, we're pretty battle-tested. You know, Colts, defense defensive front another great you know top 10 defensive front defense uh, that we played against and so I feel like we shouldn't be shaking in our boots by looking at Thibodeau and the rest of the gang up front for the Giants we'll know we'll have a game plan for them we'll know how to handle that I think the biggest thing for me is you know we've gotten kind of lucky we haven't seen a lot of premier running backs you know DeAndre Swift even with the Lions he was banged up and the first time we played him and you know, there's been a, there's been quite a few guys that I think have been kind of nicked up and either out of the lineup for our defense. So having Saquon Barkley come into U.S. Bank Stadium, watching what he does, how they can just mash the middle part of their offensive line and open up holes, it's going to be a, a huge challenge for our our defensive tackles and our linebackers. Which um, look, they they have not played you know tremendous against you know power running teams and big offensive lines that can that can really um, you know, move you with the double teams. So that's going to be the biggest challenge for me. Speaking of that defensive game plan, after the win on Saturday, Jordan Hicks, I asked him, you know, what was it about the second half that changed for you guys? And he said it was Donatel's great job calling the defense and described it as continuing to stay aggressive. How would you describe the defensive game plan there in the second half? 
You know, a lot of the same thing. I mean, I, I don't think that we are great on first down. You know, I think as they probably look back in the film, you know, we gave up too many chunk yardage on the ground on first down. But but we really, you know, buckled down on second down. You know, I think that was our most successful down in the second half was uh, we, we continued to force the third mediums. And, um, and that's when we saw a lot more movement from our defense. You know, we did see some, some more, I guess, quote-unquote, exotic blitzes. They weren't just the casual five-man pressure or, you know, you're just going to, you know, try to sneak in a linebacker there, here and there. Um, you know, we were, we were bringing different angles, and we were bringing, you know, more pressure, more blitzes than we have in the past. And I think a lot of it does come down to just, you know, our defense is much more formidable when we have our safeties roaming around. And you look at, what Zim did with the defense the last couple of years, you know, our pre-snap movement and our disguise is, was one of the best in the league. And I think that we can do some of that without compromising, you know, some of the injury issues and the inexperience that we have in the back end of our defense. So I, I hope to see more of that uh, in the next few weeks and into the playoffs. Yeah, we clinched the playoffs, which is um, the the most exciting thing this time of the year. But But understanding that, does, I mean, just being on playoff, you've been on a playoff team before, right, Ben? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, when do come you, on, like, come on, Gabe. I, you know, I, I, I got to make sure. I got to make sure. I feel like sure. that was a dig. <laughs> I mean, because, I mean, when Ben played here, I'm trying to think, like, you guys, I feel like that was, like, in between, like, the greatest years in Vikings history, like the 1998 season and the 2009 season. So I'm just thinking about, you know, just um, your career, but like, understanding that, like, what changes when you make the playoffs, when you understand you make the playoffs? Does, the intensity ramp up or you, you try to rest guys like what what's the locker room like when you when you know you already made the playoffs before the season ended well i mean it, it is exciting i mean first and foremost it, it, there is a little bit of a, a sigh of relief that all right we um checked that one box that we had as far as preseason goals and you're like all right we, we did that and that should be applauded you know there there should be some time where you allow players the same thing with the 24-hour rule when you win or lose. Like, allow guys to, you know, feel that. Like, feel that emotion of, like, we did it. We, we there's a lot of sacrifice. We did that. But you do have to just recalibrate, and you've got to resettle in. And, like, okay, well, now we got a little bit of a target on our back. You know, teams are going to be gunning for us. And uh, I think one of the, the trickier things is remembering that you don't have to play perfect. You know, still going out there with an edge, still going out there with the idea that, you know, we have something to prove. And, um, I think that this, this team has shown that already, that uh, they, they enjoy proving people wrong. But as far as the intensity of the actual playoff game, it's, it's incredible. I mean, it's hard to believe that the game is played at such a high level with such velocity and explosiveness and suddenness in the regular season. You're like, well, how in the world can it get any faster? Well, it does, you know. Um, you know that that game could be the very last game that you put on the cleats. And for some guys, it's like maybe the last time I ever play in the NFL or maybe this is the last time I play for this team. Guys feel that, and, and they let that emotion, that intensity out in the actual playoff game. So it is it is ratcheted up another notch. It's super fun, uh, but you still have to stay the course and stay focused. Ben, I completely blew a gasket. Um, I was thinking you were with the Vikings 02-05, to but you were on both the 09 and 2010 Minnesota Vikings team. So – uh, terrible question, but I guess for a follow-up, is any similarities between those playoff teams and this playoff team right now for this Minnesota Vikings? You know, I I don't know. I guess maybe the 09 year, there was, there was that confidence that offensively we were going to score some points. You know, you knew that Favre was going to come out with Adrian Peterson 
in Sydney Rice and in our our weapons, and they were gonna they were gonna move the ball and put the ball in the end zone. So from that aspect, there was a lot of offensive confidence, and I think the difference is we were just a better defense in '09. You know, we I think um, shoot, I would say, and every year maybe my, at least my first three years, you know, we were you know a top two or three run defense in the league. Uh, we were always in the you know towards the top ten in, in total defense. So um, our defense was definitely better than what the the Vikings defense is this year. But you know there is a there is a, such a thing of just learning how to win. And I think this group, you know, more than our team in '09, they knew how to win. They were more they were probably more and they are more battle tested than we were in 2009. Is there anything you need to see from this team to feel confident going forward into the playoffs? Yeah, I think it, it is, again, just the defense. We, we know that, you know, even with KOC talking pretty openly about the way they changed their offensive approach in the second half, and he was just jokingly saying, you know, we, we drew up a couple plays in the dirt uh, that were not even on the script. And, you know, we kind of, we, we stopped thinking about plays and more about players and and who we want to get the ball in the hands of i i think that flexibility has been shown throughout the season um so i don't think i need to see any more from the offense it is still the defense you know can can we stop you know giving up these middle of the field throws you know can we get off the field more on third down can we affect the quarterback more i i just don't think that we're putting is the consistent pressure and make these quarterbacks really second guess what our coverage is going to be, where the the blitz is going to come from, where the pressure is going to come from. There's still a lot I, I would like to see out of our defense in the next three games going to the playoffs. And and um, you know, w- which one is the number one priority? I, I don't know. You know, I know a lot of people want to say they want to see more of the quarterback on the ground and and more pressure. I think for me is this: we need to do a better job dominating the line of scrimmage in the run game. You know, forcing those third and longs more often. Because that's that's where you you make the offense play, you know, out of their mind and out of character. So I'd like to see better run defense and and more third and longs. Well, they will definitely get the shot on Saturday against the Giants. Thank you so much to Ben Lieber for being on the Vikings podcast. Ben, one last thing before we go: How pumped are you about a whiteout? That's going to be really special. You know, I don't have we have we done these <clears throat> color coded games before? Not at we've, home. We've never won worn white jerseys at home. Yeah. And we've I don't think we've but ever we painted ever, the end zone. We've never done a blackout. Ooh. We've never done like. Oh, I don't we've know. We've never done anything like that. That whole college thing. I don't think that we have. So I mean, we have Purple Friday. I'm, uh, I'm excited <laughs> to see the fans show up and do that. Yeah, I, th- I think there are some people that were like, oh, man, I got a purple sweatshirt for the Christmas Eve game. I guess I got to go return it. Besides that, I think I think it's going to be pretty slick. Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be fun. I just don't know what I'm going to wear. Yeah, we were, we were talking about white it. Maybe down? white joggers, maybe white joggers, white t-shirt. Yeah, do the guys wear white pants? We were having right. this debate the other day. Like, if it's an all white thing, like, do men wear white pants? That's a really good question. Because like, you only isn't there like a, a certain cutoff in the year that you can't wear? Yeah, white Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't count anymore. Okay, we well, can wear white shoes, white boots, and I'm, stuff. I'm I figured I would ask the fashionista Ben Lieber though if he plans on wearing white pants. Well, um, you know, <laughs> I'll have to break out my white Lulus. Um, I don't know if anybody wants to see that. <laughs> but um, you, know, you know, it'll probably have to be some version of a. I don't. I Great. guess I just have like a white, just a white button down. You know, if we're gonna be doing you know all the pregame TV stuff, and I gotta like look like I somewhat professional, I suppose I have a white button down. But that's so boring. Maybe you could get like a cool winter themed tie or something, or like winter colors. 
I just feel like you have to have put that order in like two weeks ago. Yeah, you can go shopping in person. Well, if you're Ben Lieber, you probably can. Yeah, yeah. You pro- yeah. You're probably yeah, well, if you're- <laughs> You can brave look, the look, ball I, right I about now. I still have to buy gifts for my, I still have to buy gifts for my family. So mm. the last thing I'm doing is thinking about what I'm going to wear to the White House. Hey. Huh, you know, it's, of course, that's my question. I love thinking about what I'm going to wear. The, the Vikings came back from a 33 to zero lead. You can come back from 19 to zero. You got six more days to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ben. Well, we look forward to seeing you on Saturday. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, guys. A big thanks for Ben Lieber for calling in despite that super busy schedule. And don't forget, fans, we talked with Ben just at the end about the winter whiteout game. Uh, 1224 US Bank Stadium. Team will take the field wearing white for the first time at home. Mm. Help us ice out US Bank and wear white to the game. I'm looking forward to that. Me um, too. I mean, the just, college environments like that look crazy. Oh, for sure. Um, like, I, I think of Penn State, like the Penn State yeah. whiteouts yeah. or, you know, things of that nature. And like, the, I feel like U.S. Bank Stadium and um, where the Bills play Highmark Field, like, we're the only two stadiums that can do something like that because of the atmosphere. So, man, I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure Saturday will feel like a playoff game uh, just with the intensity, yeah. the environment. You know, you got, the holidays. I mean, the next day is a big day. So last yeah, home regular season, last game. home regular season game. Also, I didn't. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. Bittersweet. Um, more sweet than bitter since we got another. That's one. very true. Very but, true. Yeah. Well, to white. get you. Yeah. To get you ready for the Giants game. We got a lot of good stuff coming your way. Jay Nelson currently not on the podcast right now because he is recording another podcast. Yeah. Cy Amundsen and Dan St. Germain will be on the tailgate this week. You can listen to that at 6.30 on KFAN, and that will be following the Audible, which we are going to be recording on Wednesday. No, Wednesday? Tuesday. The, the schedule so, yeah, these... so crazy. Yeah, but, uh, but who's I, our guest this week? I believe the guest this week will be, uh, this is like by popular demand, Duke Shelley and Chandon Sullivan. Both of those guys are the talk of Minnesota right now. Duke Shelley with, you know, just his unbelievable play. And then the past couple of weeks, and then... um. Shannon Sullivan with this unbelievable plays that got called back. Uh, we should call Saturday. it the Sully and Shelly so- show. Well, Sully and Shelly ju- and Sully. Maybe not. Sully and Shelly and Sully show. So, say that 10 times in a row. Nope. I can't even say <laughs> two or one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking forward to having those guys on. Um, we'll have some fun. That, oh, I'm yeah. Sure for we will. sure. For sure. We'll have Dalvin Tomlinson this week for the game day live interview on Fox 9. Yeah. Uh, pumped to talk to him, especially since the run game has gotten much better since yeah. he's returned. Uh, run defense, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, Same, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Run game has gotten better. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But uh, what, MVP, I believe yeah. it's a live recording. Super pumped about that. It'll be in Apple Valley following uh, PA and Charge's 9 to Noon show, and uh, PA will st- stick around for a little bit and join nice. us. So That'll be fun. We'll have some fun. Um, the last one w- was pretty cool, so yeah. it'll, be a, it'll be fun to have I a love, nice environment. I love having Charge on there because yeah. I— He's a rube of all rubes. Rubes of rubes, but also just because he has such an affinity for Kirk Cousins. And I love being able to ask him about that because I really do feel like he's being like vindicated yeah. right now. And uh, PA has an affinity for Don Cousins, uh, Kirk's dad. <laughs> like literally. I know that's yes. so funny to say that though. So this will it'll it'll be a good show. Everybody knows PA is PA. So um, oh yeah, come for the Friday football feast. Stay for MVP. There you go. I like that. We should get shirts made for that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, and hope you white. wear. Yeah, right. I was gonna hope you wear your all your white shirts on Saturday as we gear up for the Vikings Christmas Eve game against the Giants. Come celebrate the holidays with us. We look forward to seeing you guys on Saturday. 
Until the next episode, um, stick with Vikings.com and the Vikings app for all of your regularly scheduled content. Hey, Vikings fans, number 96, Brian Robinson is bringing NYC's cheesiest food stand to U.S. Bank Stadium. Visit Mac Truck Mac and Cheese on Minnesota Vikings game days for a new game time snack.